look, we're not professionals, eh? <laughs> and we read that scripture, and hopefully you get this, this vivid picture of the disciples being with Jesus. And it wasn't a, a big boat. It was a smallish boat. And, and, and apparently there weren't too many of the disciples on the boat. So it was more or less around four of them. And Jesus, you know, being overwhelmed, not overwhelmed, but being tired of all the ministry, he was actually taking naps. Knowing there's a storm coming, I'm sure Jesus knows all things. And the disciples just freaked out. And obviously you guys know what happens. Jesus calms the storm and the disciples are just overwhelmed with what just happened. And there's a couple of things that I want to unpack when, I, when we read the scripture and things that we can learn from this passage that will help us to be good followers of Jesus. So I wrote down a couple of points, and I'll see how far I go, get to, but uh, I want us to learn from what we just experienced in this passage of Scripture, so that we can be better followers of Jesus, so that we can be encouraged by Him, all right? Are you guys with me? And so the first point that I want to make is we need to leave the crowd behind, we need to leave the crowd behind. I don't know if you saw that scripture. Um, that is in verse 36. If you can just put that up again, Mark 4, 36. So Jesus and the disciples leaving the crowd behind. And then they went on. So firstly, I want to say, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, there will be times where you will have to leave the crowd behind. There will be times where you'll have to leave the crowd behind. My conviction is, I don't know if you can be a proper follower of Jesus if you are with the crowd. So the question is, what is the crowd? What is the crowd? And as I say, as I ask that question, I'm sure things might pop up in your mind. Okay, this, this or that. And in my mind, I want to say, it's anything that keeps you from Jesus. Anything that keeps you from Jesus, that's the crowd. And you need to leave that behind to follow Jesus. It can be wrong friends, ungodly relationships, unhelpful habits, sin in your life, whatever it is, man. If it's keeping you from Jesus, that's the crowd and you need to leave that behind in order to follow him. Because you know why? Because sometimes we can try and fit Jesus into our life. We think, no, man, I just want to make a conscious decision that I'm going to follow Jesus from today on. But, man, I, I just want to keep the nice things of the world, right? I don't want to sacrifice too much. Jesus knows my heart. Sometimes we need to leave the crowd behind. We can't just fit Jesus into our lives. We give our lives, and our lives are His. If you try and fit Jesus into your life, into your busy schedule, you're going to become lukewarm. You're going to become lukewarm. And Jesus speaks to a church in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. He says, I know your works. You're neither hot or cold. He goes on, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And he speaks to a church that became lukewarm, a church that didn't leave the crowd behind. I don't want to be in that church. Let me tell you that. Man, we need to leave the crowd behind and be on fire for God. 
no lukewarmness in us, man. No lukewarmness in us. If you are on fire for Jesus, people will, will probably tell you, just, just, just tone it down a bit. It's just too extreme. If someone haven't told you, you just tone it down a bit, you, you are probably edging on the lukewarm side. Man, we need to be all in. We need to be all in. This is not the way you grow your church, by the way. This is the way you probably empty your church and you have proper followers of Jesus, leaving the crowd behind, fully devoted disciples. This is what we're all about. All right. But it starts with us leaving the crowd behind. And let me tell you that there will be times where you, you will feel discouraged. There will be times where you feel down. But make sure you are where Jesus is. Make sure you are where Jesus is. There's no life outside of him. I've tried it. I've tried it many times. There's no life outside of Jesus. Don't run to the things of the world, guys. Don't, don't do that. Run to him. All right, so that's the first point. Second point, just looking at that scripture. I want to guarantee you something this morning. In this life, you will have storms. Not a popular message nowadays, right? Preach it, yeah. Nowadays, that's not what you will find on the internet. But I want to tell you, when I look at Jesus and the way he lived his life, I can guarantee you that in this life, you will have storms. You will have storms. Just because you follow him does not mean you will not have storms in your life. It does not mean that you will not have storms coming your way. In John 16, 33, there's a couple of scriptures that I just want to run through. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Amen. Did I hear it? No, I didn't hear an amen there. Sorry. <laughs> in this world you will have trouble. We don't see fridge magnets like that, do we? <laughs> but take heart. I have overcome the world. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We all want that, right? But he says that, to get there, you're going to probably go through many trials, many storms. We can't have, we can't be complete in Jesus without this. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, who of you love God? Okay, I'm sure many of you responded in your heart. <clears throat> And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, man. Isn't that beautiful? No matter what storm you're going through, God knows. And He will make it work for our good. And I wish I could tell you this morning, man, that when you follow Jesus, you're not going to have any storms. I wish I could tell you that. I will probably double this church if I keep on preaching that every Sunday. I wish I could tell you that. But Jesus tells us that it won't be smooth sailing all the time. It won't just be smooth sailing all the time. 
Sometimes it's just because it's a broken world that we live in, right? Sometimes it's just because of the sinful world that we live in that things happen. Sometimes it's actually the devil that comes and he, and he, and he puts you through things. Sometimes it's our own stupid decisions that let us go through things. But sometimes it's God that puts us through trials and challenges. But ultimately, I want to give you this encouragement. Through it all, His purpose is to make us more like Him. He wants us to be like Him. So in all things, whatever we go through, God will make it work for the good. But there's a condition to that thing that I'm reading. For those who love God. So whatever you're going to go through, whatever you are going through, whatever you have gone through, I'm not exactly sure, but it's, uh, anyway, keep on loving God. Keep on loving God. Whatever it is, just keep on loving God. Even if you lose your life, even if you die, like many of the disciples did, man, you're going to spend eternity with Him. But if you, if you still... Yeah, and you're still breathing. Keep on loving God. And whatever you're going to go through, God wants to make you more like Him. In all situations. For me, that's comforting. And on one side, it's like a bittersweet thing. Like, oh, what's coming? You know? But whatever is coming, we need to trust God. We need to trust Him. He is the one that makes all things work for the good. Doesn't mean everything is from Him. Like I said, sometimes the world, sometimes it's yourself. Who knows? But ultimately, I'm going to keep on loving Him. All right, that's point two. You guys still with me? It gets better. <laughs> point number three, just looking at that passage of Jesus and the disciples in the boat, Jesus calming the storm. I want to say my point three is Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. You know, nowadays people just go on about Jesus, no, he's actually dead, you know, he, he, he's dead, we, we, we actually don't serve the risen Christ, but that's not the truth, Jesus is alive, and I want to tell you this morning, just because there are times where you feel Jesus is sleeping, doesn't mean he's dead, he's alive, can I get an amen for that, Jesus is alive, do you believe that, or are you convinced, no, nah, I think he might really just have a long nap. Even if he is taking a long nap, are you trusting that he's alive? He's alive. He's alive, man. Can I say this? Looking at the storm, the boat, everything, what happens, Jesus experienced the same storm the disciples did. Did you know that? Jesus experienced the same storm that the disciples did in that boat. It's quite, whoa, what? And I want to say that he knows what you're going through. He knows. He experienced the same storm. He knows what you're going through. In, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, listen to this. Listen to this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize, what? Is that the right word? Sympathize. There you go. I wrote it wrong in my notes. That's why I didn't. Anyway. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize. There you go. 
with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Isn't that beautiful? That whatever you're going through, in whatever temptation you are facing, whatever storm you are facing, Jesus knows. Jesus knows. And oftentimes, we can be like the disciples freaking out. Jesus, where are you? Why aren't you just doing something in my life? But Jesus didn't act in fear. He didn't have any fear of drowning. The disciples had a lot of fear of drowning. They were, you, you saw these guys acting out. There. There, there was a lot of fear in that, in my heart at least, <laughs> just looking at them. But I'm sure being on a boat, almost drowning, being overwhelmed by these storms, there's fear. But in the midst of that, Jesus had a lack of fear. And I'm sure if they saw Jesus' face, that, man, I've got this. Don't, don't worry. The disciples would have responded differently. But fear overshadowed the confidence they should have had in Jesus' presence. And I want to say that fear will overshadow you to have confidence in Jesus' presence. Fear will, will literally paralyze you spiritually. You won't think clearly. You won't make decisions in faith. You will try and rush things all the time. Fear. The storm needs to stop now. Fear. But can we be those that find faith in Jesus? And the fear will make you take things in your own hands because you're afraid Jesus will not get, come through. Fear will make you take things into your own hands because you are afraid Jesus will not come through. But can we be those that patiently trust God? Patiently trust God in His timing. If you feel anxious in situations, if you feel you, you need to rush decisions, and suddenly there's an urgency, I need to do this now, there's a good chance that there's fear. But faith is different. Faith trusts God. Faith makes you wait till tomorrow at times. Sometimes you need to act now. But it's in faith. But if there's anything in you that, I need to make that decision now. I need to go for that girl now, today. I can't wait until tomorrow. Fear. No faith in that. Jesus doesn't want to be rushed into your timing. Our lives should be submitted to His timing. We need to trust Him. Point number four, or maybe I'll maybe end with, with this one. And I think this is probably the most important one. The disciples turned to him in a time of fear and doubt. The disciples turned to Jesus when they feared and they doubted. That's important. What are we turning to when we fear? What are we turning to when we doubt? Are we turning to things of the world? Are we turning to ourselves? I'm, I'm going to make it happen. And if, if, you, if you are like anything but like me, I want to be in control of, of situations. And so I constantly need to work at this thing, not to take things into my own hands. I need to trust God. I need to turn to Him. You know, 
those of you, many of you know, I, I really love cycling, mountain biking. And uh, I recently, well, a couple of years ago, I've, I've done the Transbavihans mountain bike road. So for those of you who do not know what it is, it's, it's a 230-kilometer mountain bike race through the Bavihans Kloof. And it's quite a, a long race, right? And I remember the one day when, when we rode this race, we had a, a headwind. That means you had a, a wind from the front. And so riding for 230 kilometers with a headwind makes it like, it feels like 500. And we were riding and riding and just, you just all you hear is the sound of wind. You know, you know that feeling? A sound of wind in your ear all the time. And, and you get frustrated, man. You get irritated, actually, because you, you know it's going to be a long day of sleep. You know, it's going to be a long one. And I remember the amount of times on that route where I commanded this wind to turn <laughs> was endless. The amount of times I have named it and claimed it was endless. And guess what happened? It didn't turn. And we had a headwind for 230 kilometers. Can I tell you? God shaped my character that day. And oftentimes, we want to name and claim things, and we don't see the results. You know what God is doing? He's building and shaping your character. And I want to say, I do believe in signs and wonders. I do believe in miracles. We don't see that often enough. I do believe it is a gift that God has given people to build up the body of Christ. And we need to contend for those things. We need to ask God. But can I say, it's asking God, not naming and claiming it without asking God or manipulating God's hand. It's asking God. And if it happens or not, it, it doesn't change my relationship with God. I'm going to keep on following Him. Man, but I've seen people misuse this thing. I've seen people really abuse this thing, actually. And it's, and it's, and then we sometimes we have a pen, a, a pen is it a pendulum? Is it, uh, we have a pendulum response when we see people naming and claiming things, and then we swing to the outside. No, I don't believe in miracles anymore because I've seen that. But no, we need to find God's heart and God's way in the Bible. Yes, we do believe in it, but it's God that that He's the one that does miracles. We ask and. If he does it or not, we're going to keep on asking. Going to keep on asking. But we need to understand that he is the one who calms storms. Jesus is the one that calms storms. He is the one that performs miracles. And in times of of chaos, in times of rough seas, I want to ask us, man, can we turn to him? Can we trust him? Can we ask him? And whether he calms the storm or calms you in the storm, he is God and he knows what he is doing. He is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. Do you feel like your faith is rising in your heart this morning? Come on, let's trust God to fill our hearts with faith. Lord, we want to ask you. We want to trust you, Lord. He is trustworthy, and we can live lives surrendered and submitted to Him. 
in Psalm 119, verse 105, it was actually, I had a, a little laugh this morning at prayer meeting where when Peter shared the scripture, and I was like, he doesn't know what I'm preaching about. And I've got it in my notes, you know. And uh, it says that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Proverbs 16, verse 9. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. You know, so we can, we can make our plans. We can dream for our lives. We can put things in place. But Jesus is the one directing our steps. So all we need to do is keep him in mind, keep him our focus. What is our destination? It's that last day when Jesus comes back for us. That is our destination. We are only passing through this life, guys. Don't take it too seriously. We are actually just passing through this life. This life will come and go. But there's an eternity that we are living for. There's a day that drawing near when Jesus is coming back for his church. And those who have submitted and surrendered their lives to him will enter into eternity with God. And those who haven't will spend eternity without God in hell. So for us as Christians, we need to keep that in mind. That's the reason we wake up and share the gospel with a broken and lost world. Because there's a day drawing near where Jesus is coming back for his church. That is our destination. And we keep that destination in mind. And sometimes we'll go a bit to the left, a bit to the right, and you will feel like you are making new turns in life, right? You feel like you're going the right direction. But if you keep that destination in mind, you can trust God for the next step. You can trust Him with your life. He is the one with the torch shining light on your next step. And I have found that more often than not, actually, he will not tell you how the 10th step will look like. He'll show you the next step so that you can trust him for the next step. And so that you can trust him for the next step. I'm not going to fall off the stage, right? I'm trusting him. Stage diving. <laughs> can we be those that trust him with our path? Can we be those that trust Him with our steps? But we lose focus when we lose sight of that destination. We get confused when we feel like we're going left and you feel like you, you should have been going right. But if you keep your eyes on the destination and you trust Him with your next step, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. You can trust Him 